0: Be seated. Let's just take a moment and pray. Father, thank you. Thank you that we're reminded in Psalm 118 verse 24 that this is a day that you have made. And Lord, we will be glad and we will rejoice in it. That this day is different than all other days, Father. That we come and Lord, we're reminded that we are victorious in you. So open our hearts, open our minds, Allow your Holy Spirit, Lord, to move in and through our lives so, Father, that we could leave here different from the way we came in because we met with you. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. When we think of the word hope, what do you think of? It's a word we use often. It's a word that, that we use for different reasons. And it's a word that is common for different things that we might have hope in, or the way that we would use that word hope for the apostles and the disciples. We know that uh, what they experienced was having this hope for a king, for one who would rule and reign, and one that would begin to lead their people out of an oppression into a victorious life. Uh, Their hope was trampled on when Christ was crucified. Their hope was taken away when he was put into a grave. And once again, even when Mary Magdalene recognized that the tomb was empty, there was hopelessness. When James and John looked, they were still hopeless because they weren't remembering the scriptures or what Jesus had told them. And they were without hope to wonder what, what's next, what can happen to us. And when we think of that word hope, we have to think, what does that mean? Well, we, it's been a year for us where our hope has been tried and tested. And I don't think we realize how many things we actually put our hope in. We put our hope in finances. We put our hope in education, in politics. We put our hope in medicine. We're hoping for a vaccine, for that cure. We put our hope in social uh, um, approval. We put our hope in people. And worse yet, you might even put your hope in your pastor. (laughs) We often use the word hope to express a preference and a desire. We'll say things like, oh, I hope it doesn't rain today. Or you might say, I hope the Mets win a World Series this year. Or hope I really get what I wanted for my birthday. Or I hope my pastor will wrap this up soon so we can go eat. There's no clapping after that one. Or we have a hope that keeps us out of trouble. You know, when you're going down the parkway and you're going a little too fast, and you see in your rearview mirror the little red lights that are a little bit behind. All of a sudden, we've got a hope to get us out of trouble, and we, we pretend it's not us, and we go to the right lane really quick, and we slow down. And then we hope he gets the guy that was in front of us. We hope you'll get that guy, right? That, he's the one that was doing. go that way. Well, when we make a right on red, we hope there wasn't a camera on that corner where there was no right on red. It's a hope that keeps us out of trouble. I hope my boss doesn't realize I was late to work again. I hope my pastor didn't notice I'm late to church again. I do. <laughs> and I love you. Love you too, brother. Young students, I hope I pass that test even though I didn't study. It's a hope that we express through a preference or desire. And it's, it's really more like a wish because it has no certainty. That's that hope. Hope without certainty is a wish. And those are the different hopes that we have. See, hope is the confident expectation of what God has promised and its strength is in His faithfulness. That's where the strength of that hope comes from, in what God has promised to us. And the resurrection of Jesus is the basis of Christian hope. That's why this day is different than all other days, because Jesus rose from the dead. We have hope that death is defeated. We have hope that we are redeemed. We have hope in a new creation. We have hope that everything wrong in this world will be made right. It's resurrection hope. It's life-changing. It's life-giving. It defies medical wisdom. It confuses our enemy. It stares into the face of troubles that may rob you of things in your life and seem impossible, and it makes it possible. It comes face-to-face with death, and it says, you lose. That's our hope. Anglican bishop and theologian N.T. Wright said this about hope. Listen up. Hope for the Christian is not wishful thinking or mere blind optimism. It's a mode of knowing. A mode within which new things are possible. Options are not shut down. New creation can happen. Christian hope sees beyond the brokenness of the present world and into the future of a renewed creation. And that hope makes our journey worth it. That hope is our reason to live. That's the hope. And that hope is different than a wish. Hope is the confidence that God is faithful and he will complete what he has begun in us. That's the hope. When our hope is in the Lord, our expectation is certain. And we can patiently wait upon God for His purpose and His plan to be fulfilled in our life. See, the difference is we've begun to understand that we have a hope that is certain. Not a hope that is wishful. That all the Lord's promises are being fulfilled in the resurrection. That means everything He said was true. That it's all true. And we read in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 today, and and really, here's something. If you want to understand the gospel, if you really want to know what this gospel message means, Paul wrote it in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, that whole chapter. And you read through that chapter, and you will have a greater understanding of the gospel. And he wrote it to a people who began to become uncertain, to a church that began to wonder, He's reminding the church of believing in the resurrection. And believing in that resurrection is the foundation of our faith. It's this good news that comes forth that we understand that good news brings salvation. And he says, and when you received it, what I want you to do now is stand firm in what you believe. Stand firm in that faith. And he says this in verses 3 through 4. He says, I passed on to you what was most important. And what had also been passed on to me, Christ died for our sins, just as the scriptures said. He was buried, and he was raised from the dead on the third day, just as the scriptures said. Paul stating the fact that the resurrection of Jesus, was a, there was witnesses that this is true. That not just words that I'm writing, but it was witnessed by Peter, by 12, by the Mary Magdalene that we read about. By 500 witnesses that were there and present of the resurrection. By James and the apostles. And, and, and last of all, Paul says, even me, that he came and he appeared to me. That this is a truth. And if you know this truth, you need to stand on it. And not waver from it. First Peter 1.3 says this, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, By His great mercy, He has given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. A living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. By the mercy of God, we're given a new birth into that living hope. By the mercy of God, and it only comes through knowing and understanding the resurrection of Jesus Christ. When Jesus rose on the third day, he conquered death. And it proves our salvation is secure. And we're called into a living hope, not wishful thinking. And we have to understand that certain hope. A living hope with a living and loving God. There is now hope. There's hope that our failures, mistakes, and sins can be forgiven. There's a hope that we can have joy, peace, and assurance and security in the midst of despair. There is hope in Christ's return. Jesus is our living and blessed hope. See, there's hope in a new heaven and a new earth and that the kingdom of God will rule and reign. A hope is not in our own ability or in our own goodness or in anything that we can do in our own strength. Our hope is certain, sure, and instilled in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. See, faith is believing in God. Trust is believing that God can. Hope says, I expect that God will. And that's the promise that we're giving. Our living hope is how we can walk in expectant faith. See, if you're a Christian and you don't have an expectant faith, you don't have hope. Because that hope is certain. And when we have that certainty, we can walk in expectancy, can't we? We're expecting God's gonna fulfill what he has promised. We're expecting that God's gonna do things that are impossible, that he's going to take what's impossible and make it possible because our hope is now certain. Our hope is sure. See, we had a pandemic long before COVID and we'll continue to have a pandemic even after the vaccine. The pandemic is in the world today, we are hopeless. And the only vaccine to a living hope is found in Jesus. Because our God loves us He knew the only way to cure a pandemic of hopelessness is by sacrificing his only son. That Jesus took our sins upon himself, that he would suffer death and was buried. But on the third day, which is this day, on the third day, he would rise from the dead. This day, he would conquer sin once and for all. This day is different than all other days. This day is the day he created a pathway for eternal life with the Father. That's a certain hope. That's a hope we can believe in. That's a living hope. Don't let the world rob you of a certain hope. But if we put our hope in the world, it will always disappoint us. If we put our hope in Christ, we will never, never be uncertain. We will never have to be disappointed. But we could stand firm in what He's promised. We have to decide. Do I want to live my life in a pandemic of hopelessness or will I seek the eternal cure? We have to make that decision for ourselves. What am I going to do? How am I going to respond? I said we had a tough year and we did. But when our hope is certain, we don't have to waver in that truth and what we believe. It doesn't mean it's not difficult. I didn't say it's not difficult. Life is hard. And there's difficulties. But when I can rest in a living hope, I know I can get through my difficulties. I know what's promised of me. I know that today, this day, is different than all other days. And why we come to celebrate, we celebrate with expectant faith of what God has begun in us, He will see to completion. And that now I can have a hope. A living hope. You know what a living hope means? It's an eternal hope. It never goes away. And that rests in us when we know that truth of what Christ has done for us. So while I remain in a hope that is more like a wish, or while I remain in a hope that is certain. Amen? Let's pray. So we have a decision to make. Knowing that's true, we stand... Firm in that truth of the gospel message. Christ died. He suffered for our sins. He died and he rose again. Now he's the one who gives us this certain hope. We have to make a decision in our life. Will, will, will I receive it? Meaning will I turn from my ways in my life? Those, the hopelessness and the struggles are the things in the world that kept us from a living hope. But he has made a way. He's created the path to an eternal life with the Father through a relationship with who he is. But we have to decide what we want to do. You've got to make a decision on your own. Parents can't make a decision for you. Grandparents can't make a decision. Your spouse can't make the decision for you. You have to make the decision for yourself. Do you want a living hope in your life or do you want to remain hopeless? What I can tell you is Jesus makes an invitation to know him in a way that no longer will you have to be hopeless, but you can have that hope. Now maybe you've been a Christian for a while and maybe life has come at you and, and, and you need to be reminded of that gospel message and you need to come back to that living hope. You've let those things in your life kind of pull you away from that truth. Well, what I would say this morning is stand firm in that faith and what you believe. Maybe you don't know him in the way that he wants to know you. Maybe this is a moment where you can let him in your life and what I promise you is you will meet a living hope because we serve a living God. So if you'd like to pray with me, whether you're renewing your journey, or maybe you're praying for the first time, that's between you and the Lord. But I want to invite you to a prayer. If you'd like to pray with me, you could just repeat these words silently, out loud. It doesn't matter. It's your prayer, your heart. Say, Lord Jesus, I need you. I thank you for dying on a cross for my sins. I open the door of my heart. I ask you to come in. Take control of my life and make me the person you want me to be. Lord Jesus, be my living hope, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you prayed that with me, whether online or in person, the most important thing you could do is tell somebody. And the reason you need to tell somebody is because we want to know so we can come alongside of you and help you on this pathway to discipleship for God's perfect purpose and plan to be lived out in your life. So if you're online, you can let us know through the campus here. You can let us know on your way out. Let one of the hosts know. Let me know. And we're going to begin that journey together. Amen.